Welcome back, everybody. We're here for another live stream. It's your boy, Jared T123. We're here with Custom Model. Uh, excited for another one of these, man. We keep on trucking around here. Uh, Custom Model's got a lot of stuff going on right now. Uh, we're just catching up. Look, you know, we got some guitars in the background. Man, how you feeling today? Good, man. I'm good. Got to get caught up with some sleep, maybe a little nap later today, but I'm doing good. I'm staying, staying caught up with everything. <laughs> Today might be the tough day for it. It is Valentine's Day. Um, I know she's not letting you off light for that. So, <laughs> no, she's good. She's pretty chill. It's mostly. I mean, it's super cold, so everybody just kind of hunkered down here right now. It's it just snowed again last night, so we're like, here's good. We'll just stay here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nothing wrong with being low key. Uh, you know, I got it on on both sides. You know, I've got the wife, and I've got uh, my my daughter's six, so uh you know i had to get flowers and candy and all that stuff for both of them but it is what it is there are worse problems to have for sure yeah um, we've got a 10 year old so we were up late making uh, poster boards and candy and stuff for him so i know how that goes as well yeah the whole classroom grind i, I know uh, oh yeah and the whole bag of stuff for class today i forgot about that she did uh, all that though i gotta give her credit <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you, you gotta love that when you can pass that off. We we do a little bit of a mutual effort on our side, but yeah, it's the parenting job never turns off. So uh it's so funny because I I've talked to a few people that are like, Man, I can't wait to get in and have kids. And I'm like, enjoy it while you can, bro. Like <laughs> pump yeah. the brakes there. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea what you're in for. You think you're tired now, just you wait. And uh, it's amazing, but it is like another job on top of whatever other job you do. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. It's well, and I don't know about you. I just have the one and I'm like, oh, and the, you know, there are people out there with like four and five kids. And I'm like, I don't know how on earth you manage that, but <laughs> no, for sure. That's like our extended family. They all have a bunch of kids and we're like, just the one's good. One's good. good. Well, <laughs> look, I want to get into your music and I want to talk to you about um, everything. So um, you had the sound XYZ debut last week for the song. Yeah, I'm saying awesome. Um, I found the copy that you you tied to that very interesting. You kind of called it your introverted anthem. And if you can um, elaborate on that for me. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know what it is. Like maybe just getting older and, you know, I mean, like everything that's been going on in the world has been kind of different. Like the last five years or so, it's been different the last five years than it has in my entire life. And so I feel like, I don't know just the environmental effects of the world have kind of made me change as I get older. And so I've just kind of, I've always had a little bit of like anxiety, social anxiety and introversion, but I've always been able to mask it really well. And as I get older, I feel like I get less good at masking it. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> um, so this song is kind of like, it's it's almost from the perspective of me being like knee deep in my introversion but embracing it as if it was like a positive or a good thing when i don't think that in any way like everything i'm saying in the song is like all the things i'd like to be doing but where my introversion is saying nah you're good here you you just stay right here and so it's kind of just like a tongue-in-cheek thing almost like it's glamorizing all those things that i'd be experiencing when it's not glamorous at all <laughs> but you know it's funny because i knew we were going to talk about this and the day that i did a twitter space for my sound drop i was messing with my iRig 
for the whole space. And Sheik was like hosting it and keeping me on track. But I was like fully focused on this iRig. And I realized I didn't have any of the anxiety or apprehension in that space while talking and just screwing with this thing. And I couldn't get to work, which apparently it's like a hang up with Twitter that mm. makes it so that doesn't work. But I wanted to be able to like play the music and have it sound good, you know, instead of just through the speaker. But it was funny because all of that stuff that I associate with like my anxiety and my nervousness kind of dissipated and it gave me perspective. Like today I was like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to put myself in that same feeling. Like I'm screwing around with the iRig the whole time and not think about like the panic and whatever else. And like, you know, I'm still doing all the hands things and stuff to make myself feel comfortable, but yeah, I no. feel better. Like it's funny how much perspective can kind of, I don't know, heal or at least alleviate some of that stuff. And so recently I feel like I've kind of had a gateway to like feeling differently about those things. So it's good. Some progress, you know? Yeah, no. I, so I like to hear that. And I think a lot of the time, and I think we're all guilty of it. I'm doing I'm that too. So like when you're on the edge of something, it's the anticipation of it. Right. And then oh, once you're sure. immersed in it, you're, you just kind of go and you're just like, Oh, I actually can do this. And like, I don't know. It, being a, a parent, like you can relate to that too. I tell that to my kid all the time. She gets so nervous about shit, and I'm like, "Just do it, baby. You'll be just fine." And then they get in there, a hundred percent fine. So, uh, absolutely. I think we get in our own heads about some of that. I want to talk about so, like in in your again in more of your copy of how you described. I'm like saying, you talked about how this was a little bit more up tempo than what you normally do. Um, yeah. Do you think that you're going to kind of live in that realm a little bit, or is this kind of a one-off type of thing? Um, you know, I have such a hard time bridging all of my influences and, and like interests in that way that it felt very experimental, but also kind of freeing in a way. Um, I guess this was like, I feel like the feeling of this song to me was something I've been trying to get out of myself for a while. So. I'm probably going to go a little bit more to what I'm used to with some of this upcoming stuff. I, I have some stuff that are works in progress that I'm going to be working on that aren't nearly that fast. So that's why the, I'll probably steer away from that speed for a minute. But like one thing that most people won't hear in it is that a huge influence of a lot of this stuff is disco punk, which has like kind of a a fast, upbeat, you know, like rock and roll feel to it and so while i listened to it although i know it's 140 bpms and super fast for anything i've ever done like it still sounds kind of like that that just disco pump rocking driving feeling to me you know um i don't i don't know how it's perceived that way by anyone else but that's like what i hear i'm hearing like romantic rights by death from above and stuff like that and like old influences of mine coming through and but doing it in my weird, quirky, custom model, electronic way, you know? <laughs> yeah, I love it. It, feel, it feels real dancey to me. And so, like, when I was putting the little promo together, that's why I had, like, those little silly gift dances. That promo was so sick. I was like, oh, my God, that's so good. It's, like, just the simplicity, but the vibe goes so well with the material. And I was just like, I got to get back to producing, like, fun promos like that. So I was, like, I was so hyped on that. And I was wondering, I was going to ask you who made it. So yeah, it was super I cool. I do all those and it, it happened to be like, I don't know. Those were the first two I thought of for whatever reason. And they actually were on beat. I was like, Oh, perfect. Like I'm run, running with these. It was perfect. I was like, oh, this is amazing. I need this. I like, I went back and watched it a couple of times. Cause it was just, it was put together really well. 
Um, so I wanted to ask how the reception's been, but just before we get to that, so you said this is 140 BPM. What's more uh, a more standard or I guess like a, a range of a typical BPM for you? That's what's funny is I still feel like, so like, you know, I, I say that I have these influences and stuff and my BPMs, I swear, never fall where any of those influences would be because I feel like most of my tracks end up somewhere between like 114 and 124. And it's always just like, just this feeling for me. And I'll even start a track somewhere just based on where the original idea is. And then if it doesn't feel right, I'll like pull it down until, you know, like I'll, I'll swing my beats in different directions with the tempo until it like feels right. And for some reason, I don't know if it's just my physiological rhythms or whatever, but they always just kind of like that range. But I, I'm not uh, opposed to 92, 100, 105, the 80s. Like I kind of go all over. It just depends mm. on the feel of the song, but I'll make a whole arrangement sometimes at, at one BPM. And by the time I'm ready to do my first bounce, I'm like, let's see what this sounds like 35 BPM slower. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's a jam. This is it now. And it's like, it's funny to put months of work into something to only have it, you know, in five minutes of a decision to have the, the presence of a completely change well you know what's oh sorry man go ahead no no i was just gonna say to you so like i think that there's this this kind of thing where you keep seeing these in, in a lot of songs where there's these switch ups at a certain point in the song whether that's three quarters or halfway through whatever it may be where all of a sudden you you might get something that's like 125 to 140 then down to 90 or vice versa and so like i think that there's a lot of people playing with that but also you mentioned that you might be physiologically like inclined to like the 114 to 124. And I've recently like started doing a deep dive on like all these playlists I've made. And I found that my kind of sweet spot is like 90 to hundred. So it's really interesting. I think there, the people do have an inclination towards certain things, but I'm also super interested in like, do you think maybe that has evolved over time? Like you've gone to that or like, is that just kind of like the forever sweet spot? No, you know, I think, for me, when I first started like doing audio engineering and stuff, it was, it was such like kind of uh, figuring it out as I go. And when I would open up Logic Pro to like go and record something, its default was 120. And so I think before I really educated myself, I was just like, this is just where stuff sits and this is normal. And so I think for a long time I produced right around there. And even before I started using Logic, back when I was on drum machines, my first uh, machine that I produced my whole arrangements on was the uh, MC three hundred three, the Roland, the old like little mini groove box. Yeah, and its default, they're all one twenty, you know. And so I think until I kind of realized it's not stuck there, and you can play with it, yeah. I just made stuff right on that same tempo forever. And so it started to kind of speak to me a bit. And so I think I kind of got used to it, and then also listening to a lot of punk rock and disco punk and stuff a little faster stuff that kind of just sat in there but i'm not unlike you with the 92 to 100 there's something in that realm that does something to me physiologically as well like sometimes i just need to make or listen to something in that range because it makes me feel a particular way you know and yeah. I, I feel like i'm just kind of always guided by that feel whether i'm listening or creating something and just kind of depends on where you're at, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a mood to it too. Um, so speaking of, how has you know with with this and it being a little bit atypical for you, what has been the reception like with family and friends with this with this uh, record? 
you know, I honestly don't share it with any of them. <laughs> it's honestly like, I've just only done it through web three mostly like, and like it's the, the entire reception has been exclusive to web three. I think I emailed it to my parents, but it's probably like down at the bottom of the email. So they'll take six months to see it unless I mention it to them again. But I mean, even in, in, in web three, the reception has been awesome. People have loved it and liked it. it it hasn't translated to editions flying off the shelf or anything, but uh, it's it's been cool to hear how people, how it's like resonated with people. Cause I think it's a little different for them as well. Cause I feel, you know, the, the communities that I am in, in Web3 are a lot more hip hop focused. And so I think it's getting played alongside all these amazing like R&B and hip hop songs. And people are like, <laughs> cause it's, completely contrasting you know and so it's been fun to kind of like be able to introduce i mean maybe not introduce people to it but like whenever we're in spaces and it gets played like the contrast it's kind of cool to see the reaction and people have been really complimentary by the way if you're looking to uh i wanted to mention this when you're looking to play in spaces so i actually use this thing called a manocaster light yeah, I was just looking that up the other day. Uh, Sheik was telling me about it. it. Looks cool. It's like that little console, oh, right? Yeah, it's like a little like soundboard, and like yeah, that's there's, awesome. there's like eight like regular sound effects, room for four. You can auto tune. Obviously, you can control pitch and do all these different effects on this. But like it was both Iman and so like I started doing a bunch of spaces. Yeah, exactly. Roughly a year ago, and both Iman and Black Dave had told me like, "Yo, use that." And I think when you look on Amazon, the cheapest it's been is like 110. So. It's not cheap, but it's also like depending on how much you're doing it, like you can get your worth out of it for sure. I paid more for that iRig and it's not working. <laughs> yeah, well, so the that Twitter, thing actually works with Twitter Spaces too. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, and that's what I'm talking through right now. So, like, I've used the mic here, but I've got it hooked up to that right now. And so, like, if I like, just like with watch the iRig, Twitter recaptures like my phone's audio card as soon as I like hit speak, and so I don't know how to bypass that. But I guess with the Monocaster, it doesn't do that once you hit speaking section no and i have to get that instead as far as i know it's it's about as good as you can get on on twitter spaces right? they have some weird sort of sound compression thing that they do with some of these devices but yeah this, this one's about as good as it gets so it sounds great with your mic yeah yeah it makes me sound really good so funny story for you um rms i had him on like a few weeks back maybe like four or five weeks back and I accidentally had hit the auto tune. <laughs> so I started the interview with him and it's like you're all truncated. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, dude, I don't know if you meant to, but you're on auto tune. And I was like, oh shit. Uh, It'd be great if he sampled you and then turn it into a song, like right in that moment. <laughs> funny stuff. Funny stuff. Um, so I gotta ask, uh, where do the where does the the web three like where were you introduced to web three and um how did that come to be and and what's your what's your general kind of like perception on it right now i man i wish i could remember how i originally got introduced to it i know we intersected with our irl friend roller at one point and she was kind of in it and i knew we had become aware of it before we started linking with her in there as well but she kind of uh, let me backtrack a little bit sorry I kind of got into it from something. I think I must've read something about it. And then I saw the platform Cargo had a way where, you know, I wasn't really well-versed on wallets and stuff. And Cargo was like, you can make your first NFT with a credit card. 
So I was like, cool, I'm going to get into this. And so I made this audio visual uh, piece. It was called like HGV Vast Abyss because the song was Vast Abyss. And I made this like underwater geometric shapes thing, 3D geometric shapes thing. And I, I put it up on there and I didn't really expect a lot from it. I just wanted to kind of like get in on it and be early. And I was, and it was cool. And it didn't sell or anything, but it felt cool to be a part of it. But then like just a couple months after that, Cargo sends me an email and they're like, hey, we sold our platform and the people who bought it don't want our platform. So they like sunset the whole thing. And this was so early that I didn't have any way to like get in touch with a dev or find a way to get my contract burned or removed from the platform. So it just went down with the ship. Mm. And it was it was really defeating because I'd put a lot of thought and effort into the material and for it to just kind of be locked in there. I don't know. It sucked. But then I think when we uh, we kind of intersected with Roller in Web3 and she kind of brought us into a community she was involved in, it, it gave me a completely different perspective where it wasn't just like trying to set up an Etsy shop in the metaverse. It had like this element of interaction and like community that felt good. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't even feel like I needed to mint anything for a while. It was cool just kind of to learn and and be present with what other people were doing. And I was seeing these artists who were blowing my mind. Like I, I know this is, I, I have a lot of friends who interact with you that are kind of like in a different corner of Web3 than that whole corner was. Um, but that was like uh, with my friends, uh, Amos and Illich Peters and JT List, like, crazy talented artists and I was watching what they were putting out and I, I think for a while it made me a little apprehensive to dip my toes back into it but they were all super encouraging and so I started posting like old photos and then I started doing more 3D work and posting that and so that was kind of I think my way to to feel comfortable getting back into web3 and creating and minting my own nfts before I started putting my music up there cuz I think I just, my first music NFT was just in December and I did split on Zora Create, my song split, sorry. Like like everybody just automatically knows what that is. So yeah, I released a song called Split on Zora and that was my first music NFT, but I had done, I'd done a few drops on Foundation and then I've got another 3D project that I did. A, I airdropped a buddy of mine on OpenSea, but I haven't released any of that yet. So nobody knows about that one, but it's like this, little avocado 3d avocado character i've made named avi that i'm gonna release him and all of his friends that i've made in a in a little while but i'm just kind of focusing on the music right now so i saw Sorry. that and I wanted, <laughs> no i wanted to ask you about what you've been creating so i saw some of the visual creations with your avocado one um i don't know if you've ever stumbled across somebody he goes by rizzle uh his tag is at nft land but he makes avocado things in monoverse and he puts them all over, like he runs around as a little half avocado in Monoverse all the time. So that's awesome. Um, but the one I'm super curious about, you have one that is centered around Draymond Green and Rudy Gobert. Yes, I just looked at that this morning, and I was like, I wonder if he's ever seen that. And I hadn't I'm looked at it until fan, today. So I got to ask about it. So I'm a huge Utah Jazz fan. I haven't been as much since they blew up my team. Like yeah, it's been hard, hard to it. watch this year because Donovan Mitchell was like the greatest thing that ever happened to my existence as a basketball fan. And I, you know, I love Rudy and that the whole team. And now we're down to like 
Jordan Clarkson and Rudy Gay and Yudoka Azabuki are the last three people from that whole team. They even just shipped Mike Conley off. I I won't get too much into it because you and I could probably talk about that, but maybe yeah. people listen wouldn't be as into it. But um, <laughs> so this whole thing is Draymond Green and Rudy Gobert had this hilarious beef, and it was more Draymond just hating on Rudy Gobert all the time. Uh, and it never ended. And then even when Draymond wasn't playing and he was doing like analysis, he would find some way to bring up Rudy Gobert and how much he disliked him. And so I made this 3D room. I saw people making, you know, like these little three quarter rooms. And I was like, that's a fun idea. I should do one that's like inside the mind of Draymond Green. And it's like this completely decked out Rudy Gobert room inside Draymond's head. <laughs> and it's got like the neon light up in the corner that says Dre's place. And it's funny. It's just got Rudy Gobert memorabilia all over the room. And that's really funny. I love That was it. my first like 3D creation that I, I minted. So do you play basketball? I do when I'm not chronically injured. But I, I like to skateboard, and I'm old, so I'm always breaking myself off, and so it makes it harder to do easier things like shoot hoops. But I still go out with my kid. There's like a park close by here, and we like to go shoot hoops and kick a soccer ball and stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. So Cam and I recently touched base on this, and like I, I threw something out on Twitter. It was like, "Yo, who, who hoops in Web three? And there was like a really good response. So one of these times, if we're all collectively at one of these conferences or something like that. I think that we all need to uh, to make it happen. No, I would totally be down to hoop. I'm a great point guard, good facilitator. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, real quick, funny um, Utah Jazz story for you. So I grew up in Denver, um, and there was it was like preseason NBA. I was at, for anybody familiar with Denver, the strip downtown called 16th Street Mall. I was walking up and down 16th Street Mall with one of my good buddies, and we went into like one of the food courts somewhere. And happened to see all these giant dudes wearing these purple hoodies. And we were like, is that the Utah Jazz? And it was when Stockton and Malone were still there. Whoa, and that's awesome. so we, we followed them down. It was attached to one of the little swanky hotels downtown Denver. And happened to run into Carl Malone. So I got Carl Malone's autograph at my parents' house back in Denver on a napkin. That's um, awesome. So, yeah, that was my random encounter with the Utah Jazz. And Carl Malone, uh, you know, I, th I think it was like 14 or 15 at the time. So, like, you know, like I was like fairly tall. Like I was like six foot tall at the time. Um, Carl Malone is a monster. Just for anybody that's like never seen him, like he's absolutely massive. Like I go to hand him the things and his hands just engulfed mine. Like, but uh, yeah, random Utah Jazz story for but you. But he's, he's not just vertically. He's like huge. Yeah. Gigantic. For sure, that's awesome. That was that must have been back in the like uh, Abdul Rauf days and stuff of the Nuggets, right? Uh, <laughs> it was. Um, that's way back there. It must have been. It was maybe like two thousand. Oh. So, yeah, so just kind of on the tail end before he wanted to become a Laker for a hot minute. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like pre Carmelo. It was like Antonio McDice ish kind of days. Oh wow, yeah. Yeah, pre AI and Mellow, those were the days for sure. Yeah, yeah, back when the Nuggets were real bad. Well, not with AI and Mellow. No, 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 no. McDice did. Just before that, yeah. <laughs> so sure. um but we've got some I have a couple serious questions for you. Um un 
knowingly I've waddled into this space where we've got Sheik and Sarah Phillips talking about oh. hot OJ and pineapple <laughs> pizza. And I actually suggested that we should do a spouse prepared, like blind taste test on live stream. And my wife was like really happy about that. So like, I'm really worried. Mine about was it. too, actually. <laughs> yeah. I'm wondering if she's going to come creeping out of the corner with a steaming glass of OJ for me. Yeah. So w- what's the, uh, you know, what can you give us on Sheik? What do, there's there one like crazy food thing that Sheik's got out there? <sighs> yes. I mean, there's a lot of them. I'm just trying to think of what would be the marquee item. <laughs> She she seems to be all for pineapple pizza, so I'm 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 pretty sure it's got to be pretty crazy. Which I would have like if someone asked me that, I would have been like, no, like I didn't even. Uh, she knows, she knows, man. She's here. She knows. Uh, <laughs> I I don't think I would have guessed if someone asked me if that's what she was into. I don't think I could have like with confidence been like, oh yeah, order that up. She'll eat it all. Like. I know my kids into it. I just recently found that out like a week ago. And I think that's how she felt. She was like, Oh, I got somebody on my side. I can reveal my love for pineapple pizza now. <laughs> and you, I ate that as a kid too. And I think I liked the sweet and the savory, but for some reason that does not sound appetizing to me at all now. Like, but I remember as a kid, I would eat it, but now I'm like, nah. So I'm all for pineapples on their own pineapple on pizza. Absolutely. I love pineapple. Yeah. Yeah, no, not on pizza but, though. Like, it's something, especially like with a tomato sauce. Like, gross. Like, no, it doesn't go. It reminds me of like, think of Thanksgiving, and you like put a bunch of different things on your plate, and then like certain things leach over into other things, but not necessarily in a way you want them to. But that's yeah. like intentionally doing. It. I'm gonna put things that are gonna leach into my food that I don't want them to on there intentionally. Like, I don't, I don't get it anymore. I guess. No. no. Yeah, so. We might be in for it, my friend. Uh, you and I might be in trouble, and I I apologize for teeing that up. <laughs> um, I I volunteered us for that, and uh, yeah, it's going to be terrible. But well, I at least I'll only have to try it with pineapple. It won't have like the ham. I'm not. I haven't been doing meat for a few years, so I I know I won't have to try both at the same mm. time. But that might almost be worse without like the savory to offset it. Look, I'm I'm also worried what they they can come up with. Like if pineapple pizza is the worst they come up with, you might be okay. Like they might come up with some weird shit. Like the internet's got some funky <laughs> stuff out there. <laughs> For sure, they're gonna go get expanded ideas. Um, one of the questions I always like to ask people, especially uh, music related folks, is when you're a kid. Right. Like the people that you're around, like they listen to music uh, and obviously you're influenced by musical taste by whether it's siblings or caretakers or parents or cousins, whoever it may be. And usually somebody can point to at least either one song or one album that they know in and out because it was played as their youth. What is that for you? (laughs) I love this question because I've never been able to express this before, but this is going to be a funny answer, I think. And it's probably Ice Cube's The Predator. Ice Cube, <laughs> I like it. Because I was I was really young at the time, but my brother was like a teenager. And this was at the height of NWA and 
Big Daddy Kane and the Prince of Darkness and stuff. And my brother was like, I don't know how he even got into this stuff, but I remember stealing his CDs and tapes and stuff. And when I got my hands on The Predator, I listened to it nonstop. And I still know all of those songs. I show them to my kid. Like, there's just something about that that I don't know. It's still, I still love all of those songs. And that whole album is crazy to me. And if I have a go-to one, that's probably the oldest one that, you know, from start to finish, I would listen to and like memorize everything. You still know it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, it was obviously like following that would be like, as I got older, it was like Doggy Style, Snip Dogs, original LP and The Chronic. And I remember, oh man, you know, even before I remember I had the Trespass movie soundtrack on cassette tape and it was like all these like body count ice tea ice cube songs and stuff i was just like 11 12 years old just listening to this stuff is quiet in my room worried you know <laughs> like my ear up to the speaker so i wouldn't get busted by my parents but yeah i was listening to all that stuff it was awesome and it it definitely drove my love for like rap and hip-hop for a long time i got in a lot of trouble for that so i remember my my first tape that I had ever saved up, like I'd saved up like allowance money. We'd gone to like the, the music store and I bought my first tape and it was uh, one of the old Coolio tapes. And I'd only ever, voyage. I remember that <laughs> I'd only ever heard it on the radio. So I was like, Oh yeah, this is great. And my dad's like, do you want to play it on the, in the car? And I was like, yes, I do. But it wasn't edited. And I got in so much trouble. My dad's oh my like, God. what are you listening to? And I was like, I didn't know. I'd only ever heard it on the radio. <laughs> I've never heard the original. Thanks for playing it for me, Dad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't get that tape back, I don't think, for a while. But, yeah, that is what it is. Yeah. But, um, look, man, I won't hold you too much longer. I appreciate you coming on, sharing about the song, sharing about some good stuff. Um, I very much enjoyed this conversation. I want to leave the floor with you. Um, tell everyone where they can find you. Uh, tell everyone, uh, you know, for I'll, I'll take this part right here. Everybody, if you have not heard the song, go to sound.xyz. Type in custom model. You can hear the song. I'm like same. It is available to pick up. Um, but I want to leave you with anywhere that anybody can uh, find you. Any dates we need to look forward to, or anything that you want to leave us with. Uh, yeah, you can definitely find me on Twitter. That's probably where I'm the most active. Uh, my DMs are not open, but I check my requests every once in a while, and I normally find them pretty quickly. Uh, my i've got my website custommodel.xyz it's pretty simple but it's got a contact form if anybody wanted to reach out there um i have instagram i am not good at checking it i'm a great tiktok lurker you can find me on there custom model music um other than that i'm just going to be working on new tunes and working on some new drops uh the next one i got coming up is a fun song i've done with my 10 year old called bazooka bubblegum and it's it's a fun one. There's some people who got to hear it. Uh, at Art Basel from Chic. She was, she did like a ride share with a bunch of Web3 legends and they got to hear it and they were all hyped. So now I've got some pressure to put that one out. So I'm going to finish that one with my 10 year old and I got a bunch of other tracks in the pipeline and I'll be doing uh, the 3D art as well pretty soon. Start trickling that out a little bit. That's awesome, man. I love to hear that you're doing a collab with your kid. Like that's, 
that's really cool yeah he's just the coolest kid and it's fun to get him involved you know even on uh, the artwork for i like same it has like the hello my name is name tags for the artwork and a couple of them he wrote for me so it's fun to get him involved in that too perfect perfect well look he was posted with it happy to support um would love for you guys to post any content that you've got on huddle in anybody listening now or after the fact check out huddle in h-u-d-l-n um I know it's another platform, but it, you can do a lot of cool things with it. You can mint NFTs for free, any of your social content on Instagram or TikTok or on your camera roll. Love to have you guys. And we're going to have this on uh, on DSPs after the fact. So feel free to share this out, uh, get people to follow custom model, check out the music, retweets count, even if you can't collect. Sir, appreciate you again. And we'll follow up at some point in the near future, I'm sure. Absolutely. Thanks so much, man. I appreciate you having me. It's been awesome. Thank you. Thank you.